Welcome to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. Now, during American slavery, many slave owners were terrified of their slaves' insurrection and retaliation by the enslaved was perceived as a constant threat. That threat, in their minds, was spearheaded by black men, whom they did their best to humiliate and emasculate as much as they could. When did that physical and psychological warfare against black men end? Or is there a war on black men to this day? The business of being black today is the war on black men or not. Please welcome author and activist Hope Giselle. Hi, Hope. Hey. Doctor of clinical psychology, Dr. Umar Johnson. Hi, Dr. Umar. Black power. Radio personality and family advocate, Dwan Brown is here. Hi, Dwan. Hello, hello, hello. And influencer and YouTuber, Cynthia G is back with us. Hi, Cynthia G. Hi, how are you doing? I'm glad to be here again. I'm ready to go. Let's go then. I'll do exactly (laughs) what you tell me to do. And that would be go. Now, this question may seem rather odd and unusual for the title of this show alone in terms of is there a war against black men? But the question is always asked here on the business of being black because, well, it is the business of being black. So why should black people care if there is a war on black men or not? Cynthia, you kick it off. Um, so I, I first want to say there is a war on black men by other black men. And for that reason, I do think that we should care. I think that the perception of who's going to war against black men is going to determine where our energy is directed. And I think it's counterproductive to focus on the group of men who are terrorizing the black community simply because they're being bullied there's no war against them by other people. They're being bullied by other groups of men. So that's why we should care. Dewan, why should we care as Black Americans if there's a war out on your kind being Black men? We should care because Black men are the breadwinners of our society. And what we've seen, especially over the last 50 years, is the jobs that Black men specifically take have been taken away to other countries or put back into prison, which has then affected the whole family, which caused the so-called war on black men, like Cynthia G just said, happens when black men fight each other. That happens when the economy is destabilized. And you destabilize the economy through destabilizing the foundation of black men's income to uh, ability to earn income. So that's where the war on black men is, uh, is right now. Hope, why should black people care? We should care simply because when black men are not happy, black women can't thrive. And then the black household and black families don't flourish. I think that as long as black men feel attacked, they're always going to turn that back where they feel like they have the most power and honestly say so, which is the black family. Oftentimes that energy that we pour into who is doing what to other people is then neglected within our own black men. And then they cannot thrive as fathers, as nurturers, as caretakers, as heads of the household. But they can only do that if we acknowledge that there's a problem outside of us. Dr. Umar, you, my sir, are a black man. Why should I care about a war being waged against you? If you care about the future of black people, that you naturally have to care about the destiny of black men. When you look at most of the pathology in the black community today, from black on black crime, to single female headed households, to poor academic outcomes, to unemployment, much of that is due to the war against black men. So if we want to survive and thrive as a black family and as a black community, we have to implement solutions for black men. So Cynthia G says that the war is waged against black men towards black men. So everything that you just listed, Cynthia would suggest that that is the fault of the black man on his own. And I would disagree with that. All of the problems that black men have were introduced by the white power structure. We do not control the school system. We do not control the criminal justice system. We do not control the economic system. All of the problems that we struggle from were introduced by the white power structure. Black on black crime is a byproduct It is a second-hand influence of the white power structure against black males. Stress, depression, fatherlessness, unemployment, miseducation, lack of economic opportunity. These are the ingredients that contribute to black-on-black crime. You cannot do an effective and accurate analysis of black-on-black crime until you first do an effective and accurate analysis of white-on-black crime. 
Cynthia G, you say what? I say this is the typical Black community's dishonest. I'm going to blame everything on everyone outside of the Black community and ignore what Black men are choosing to do. The reality of it is, is the system is not making Black men do anything. Whether Black men have schools where they can send their boys to is up to them. Whether Black men choose to educate themselves so that they're qualified for positions that will give them the income they need to support their families, that is on Black men. Nobody's forcing Black men to walk away from their children. Nobody's forcing Black men to murder Black women every five and a half hours. Nobody's forcing Black men to abandon their children, publicly display how they don't like or care about their children. No one's forcing Black men to do anything. And I think it's a great disservice to pretend that someone is forcing Black men to do things rather than to put the accountability where it needs to be, which is Black men. If they have an issue with the system, they should have addressed it a long time ago. You don't get to complain that you don't have any power in a system that you didn't fight to have power in. You fought for assimilation. You did not fight for equality. That is on you. I think we're making excuses at this point. Duan? And I would like to say too Go ahead, that, Dr. Omar. Briefly, that Lyndon Baines Johnson had commissioned a Kerner commission in 1967, 68 to investigate the causes of the 1967 red hot summer. As you know, there were more race riots across America in 1967 than any other year since 1919, led by Newark, New Jersey and Detroit, Michigan. The Kerner Commission were experts in criminology, sociology, education, politics, and et cetera. They produced a book that is, I believe, at least 500 pages that details the reasons why those riots took place. And according to the president's own commission, the problems that exists in the black community were created by the white power structure, maintained by the white power structure and enforced by the white power structure. So Cynthia G's position is totally inaccurate and has been refuted by expert testimony coming from the Kerner Commission itself. And I would also say, good sister, that Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. One of the reasons Dr. King was murdered is because the Kerner Commission was released which would have gave Dr. King all the ammunition he needed to lead his breadbasket campaign. Even the white power structure admits that the problems black men face were introduced by the white power structure. And to go on, and to go on top of that, to, uh, to bring further evidence that Dr. Umar, what he's saying is right, we can go back to 1967 in South Central LA. There was one murder, look it up. There was one murder in South Central LA in about an 18 month period between 1967 and 1968, why? because there was adequate resources. UCLA was bringing black people in for free when it came down to it. When it came down to it, jobs were plentiful. When black people were adequately resourced, you didn't see black men killing each other. So when we talk about you know this thing that's going on, it's not that anyone is forcing black men to kill each other. That's not what nobody's saying. There's a cause and effect relationship between everything. And we're talking about having a full cause and effect full on viewpoint of what's going on, what's the cause, what's the effect. When you live in a violent society that murdered its way to make a country and goes around the world enforcing, enforcing murder, what's gonna happen in that country is similar to what's gonna happen outside the country. So we gotta look at that. And when we talk about black men killing each other, it's just a handful at the end of the day. When, we, when black men interact, 99.9% .9 of the time, the interactions are positive or neutral. Well, then you don't have an argument for the system because the whole system isn't doing anything to you. It's just a handful of people, right? But I wish we could get out the 1960s and jump into 2022. I feel like this is also another way for Black men to gaslight because they know they have done absolutely nothing. Even if you are complaining about the system and the Kerner Commission and all of these policies, you fail to do anything about them. It is your failure to address the issue as men that have these problems going on. You can say it's only a handful of black men killing other black men, but the reality of it is, is you don't have the same energy when you're talking about police shootings of black men. Then you act like the entire police department, every last one in every single state is doing something to you. But now when it comes to black men terrorizing the community, making the community unsafe, killing black men, women, and children, now you wanna go to, oh, it's only a few of them. 
be that as it may, the bottom line is the issues that black men are inflicting on the community are issues that we should be focusing on. There I want to no get hope in on this real quick. Hope. I mean, the fact of the lack of elevation and evolution that we see in these arguments are the, my, big, my biggest issue. Once again, we're back in the 1960s when we should be having, like she, like Sin just said, a current conversation. Currently, Black men are not being held at the fire and said that if you do not prefer, if you don't provide this or if you don't show up in this way, we're going to do X, Y, and Z to your family. Y'all just are not showing up. And then when you're asked to be held accountable to these things, you say things like, well, back in this time and when we tried to do this back in a couple years ago half of y'all weren't even around when those things were you know put into action and then when you found out about them instead of bringing them back to the forefront to see if they would work for you in this day and age you just talk about what didn't work in the back on the back end of things i think that a lot of the times you all find it a lot easier to gaslight us into believing that we're the problem so that you can have more time to figure out what the solution is but that's not the solution anymore we figured out that that doesn't work and you trying to buy time in the system is not going to help anybody and especially not the black communities that you say that you love Let's Before bring we today. go to break, hold that thought, Duan. Before okay. we go to break, I do want to take up for my Black brothers here. Uh, the CDC reports that Black men show up to their families more than any other race in this country. Black men are taking their children to school. Black men are playing sports and doing uh, outside extracurricular activities with their children more than white men, more than a uh, Asian Americans, more than any other ethnicity in this country. But we'll continue to talk about the war being waged against Black men when we return on Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. We'll be back. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack and the Business of Being Black today are Black men. Is there a war being waged against Black men? First of all, I wanna see where you all stand just by a yes or no. Dr. Umar, is there? Yes or no? Absolutely, yes. Hope, is there? No. Duan? Absolutely, yes. Cynthia G, where are you on this? The only war is the war that Black men are waging against the Black community. So is that a yes or no? Yes, there is. Dewan, if there is a war waging against Black men, do Black men have allies? No. The only allies we have is our other, we, well, I would say we don't have any outside allies as far as any other races, no. The only allies we have are Black women who are on code with Black men. Because I was about to be allies. real mad. I was about to be real mad. Yeah. I, was, I was about to go ham. No, 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 no. Because it's a lot of black women who are on code. I know I'm married to one. You know, I've been with the same woman for 20 years. So I can preach. I can walk and walk what I preach when it comes down to this. Um, we do have allies. And the allies, the, the ally is the black man, woman, and child. With this whole fight between black men and black women, it's like the women forgot about the kids. It's like it's this whole war going on. And it's like the kids be damned. Yeah, people you, like you, Dr. You jumped Umar. on me there, Dewan. You you jumped on me. I, I don't even know how we got to the kids. No, because it, we're all we're all one. Like black shit. man, woman, and child. Are you, you talking see? about the the kids that black men abandon and publicly talk about how they don't, I don't want I don't, children? I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I, I, I can't speak for your life, but I know my father's always been there for me. My wife's pet father's always been there for her. I'm there for my wife. My grandparents were there. I have married lineage. I, I can go back 400 years of marriages. So I don't know. Yes. Be that out of it, It's very when, well but when, documented. But when it comes, when I was talking. When it comes down to it, there are some men that leave. And when we're going to talk about the men that leave, let's talk about a lot of men that leave because of how they were pushed out by people who were going around trying to get government benefits. Let's talk about that. If he's not there, let's talk about all these single, all these single family households that are there because somebody wanted a baby so they can get a check one day and didn't give a damn about who she had that baby with. 80% of the women having sex with the same 20% of men. If you keep in that same loophole, you gotta look in the mirror. Well, Period. I don't know, Dewan, I, I mean, <laughs> your points are well taken. I'm just confused on how we go from a war against black men to uh, women mm -hmm. having babies by different men. I, it, it's not, it's not adding up here. Dr. Umar, help me. Help me make the math math. Mm -hmm. Well, there's a couple things. Number one, we have to make sure that we conduct a systems analysis and an institutional assessment. Communities are made up of institutions or the lack thereof. Communities are governed by systems or the lack thereof. Let us be very clear about something. This fratricide, this black on black crime that so many of our brothers are engaging in. Let us remember, Irish did the same thing. Italians did the same thing. 
European Jews did the same thing. And in the 1930s and 1940s, the United States government decided to upgrade them to white status and in so doing gave the Italians control of the fire departments in the black community, gave the Irish control of the police departments in the black community and gave the European Jewish immigrants control of the civil service municipal jobs that they still control in many city centers today. The point that I'm making, Tammy, is that America gave Southern European immigrants an economic stimulus package. Before they gave that economic stimulus package to Jews, Irish and Italians, they were doing the exact same thing black men are doing today, selling drugs, breaking the law, running in gangs, killing one another. But the government intervened and aided them. The reason black male pathology is still going on 30, 40, 50 years later is there has been no resolution, there have been no solutions, and there have been no governmental intervention. With that being said, I'm not waiting on the government to solve the problems of black men. We as black men have to unite, come together, organize, and solve our own problems. Just because we can admit that the government introduced pathology into the black community, we can still take full responsibility for ending it ourselves. Hope, I see you nodding. Yes, because I feel like when you can name all of these things so eloquently and so beautifully, and yet y'all still fail at being able to do these things after years and years and years and years and years of trying, where do we find a new solution? Because if you can't talk to each other, if the old men are scared of these new boys because they're a lot wilder than y'all were, because they're a lot more buck than y'all were, what ends up happening is I see that a lot of y'all see these young boys, and instead of addressing them, y'all are afraid of them. And so you walk away and say, well, that's their generation's problem. And it can't just be that generation problem. Like Sin has been continuously saying, if I have to just answer the question with a yes or no, my answer is no, because the war that, is, that we're fighting for Black men is the one that Black men are fighting within themselves. Is it about adjacency to whiteness? Is it about being able to assimilate to that white hand? Or is it really about the freedom of Black men in the Black family, in the Black community? Or, I like that question a lot, Hope. Mm -hmm. I want to I, I hang on to that question. Dewan, uh -huh. if there is a war against Black men, what exactly is the war? The war is to disenfranchise black men economically because when you destabilize us economically, everything else is going to fall. We could take this back to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which Maslow didn't come up with, but that's who gets the credit for it. When you take away food, clothing, and shelter, everything on top is going to crumble. That's just human science. And what I'm hearing right now are people that are saying, ignore the science, ignore it's been proven for thousands of years, and let's just focus on these black men. I don't care that everyone else has done it when they were in the same economic situation. I don't care the fact that black men don't do this when they're sort of stable. Let's ignore all of that stuff and let's just go back to what black men need to be doing. When you take away the bottom need of the pyramid, everything else is going to crumble. And with that being done, it's still only a few of us crumbling. It's a whole lot of us winning too. I agree I with that. Um, I, I want to go. Uh, go ahead, Hope. I was going to say, but it's at the expense of the Black families that y'all claim to care so much about. I think that what we fail to realize is that when the Black men who do have that platform that are not doing those things get on, the last thing that they're thinking about is the Black adjacency to their family. They want to assimilate to whatever whiteness, whatever white male privilege they, <laughs> that they get. And that's a large part of the problem. We see this happen when we look at social media and we're, we're seeing Black men publicly proclaim the idea of loving on everything but a Black woman, wanting to have children because their eyes and their hair are going to be looser and more exotic looking. You do not see that as much in the influx of Black women as you do in Black men. So when y'all do get on, then it should be the responsibility of y'all if y'all really care about this upholding of the Black family to then come back to the Black communities that you come from and create those Black families. And show Dr. Umar, you welcomed us to the show by saying Black Black power, black power. Okay, um, is is there some truth to the assimilation that black men want or perceive to want when it comes to this war being waged against well, you? Well, there's definitely some truth to it, but I think that truth is also evident in black women. Uh, black men, many of them may choose to want a white woman, but many black women choose to look like white women. So we have to look at ourselves and we have to recognize that the pathology is not more of one gender than the other. That's the issue I have with conversations that seek to see who is more at fault, the black man or the black woman. It's not about who's more at fault. We rise together or we will perish together. The black man cannot survive without his woman and the black woman cannot survive without her man. And the issue that I take with my two sisters narrative is I hear a lot of criticism. 
I hear a lot of condemnation, but I don't hear any empowerment. I don't hear any solutions coming from either one of them. It appears as if that there is a hatred towards black men about those sisters. Even when they said, why are we going back to 1960? Let's stay in 2022. That is so immature and irresponsible of a statement. As a psychologist, when a client comes into my office, the first thing I perform is a history on their depression, a history on their suicide, a history on their anxiety. When you go see the medical doctor, he performs a history. When you go buy a home, they perform a history. When you go purchase an automobile, they perform a history on that automobile. But when we talk about the problems that affect black males, we're supposed to look at it in a vacuum. We're not supposed to put it in a historical context. And with that being said, the, the language and the narrative that's coming out of the mouth of these two beautiful black women is one that I think the white power structure would endorse because it totally absolves them of any responsibility for the hell black men catch in this country. Cynthia G, you did say, why are we going all the way back to 1960? <laughs> there is some truth to history when it comes to evaluating anything or anyone. So what do you say to that? I hold that thought because I only got about 30 seconds here. So I don't want you to get into it because I know you're going to get into it good, sis, and then have to come right back out of it. You understand? So uh, just make sure you understand the question at hand, which is about a person's history in this particular case, black men's history in America and why it doesn't matter when it comes to the war being waged against them. We'll talk about that and more when we return on the business of being black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Oh, we'll be back. Welcome back to business of being black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack and the business of being black today is black men. Is there a war being waged against them? We left off with Dr. Umar talking about how history matters when it comes to, to the contextual um, uh, uh, to the contextual matters of black men having wars waged against them, a war waged against them. So Cynthia G, what do you say uh, to historical context? I say we should go to the historical context because what I have not heard from Dr. Umar Johnson, or I think his name is um, Dwayne, Duan is what I have not heard as they're mentioning all of the things that was done to them. I haven't heard what you did in response to it. So I would like to know what did you do in response in the his, in history other than go to the Supreme Court and petition to have access to the men's women that you're complaining and, and accusing of disenfranchising you. See, because in the 1960s, what Black men were really doing and, the, and it's been documented, many civil rights leaders have admitted to it, what black men were doing is chasing the white man's woman, trying to so-called stick it to him by way of going to their women. What you should have been doing is trying to get liberation for yourself. You, what you should have been trying to do is get that foot off your neck. But see, the foot is not on your neck. And the only time you recognize it being on your neck is when you want to get away with doing something that you think white men are getting away with doing. Because let's just be real. Whenever we hear about this war against black men, it's usually being brought up when there's a black man like R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, we see Trey Songs going through it, Ari Spears, when they engage in some degeneracy and then they're getting a consequence for it. And black men think that because they perceive white men to be getting away with crimes, they want to be able to get away with crimes as well. The reality is Umar, Dr. Umar can sit up here and list all the different ways that the system is disenfranchising black men and lump black men in a victim boat. But the reality is he can, what he cannot tell you is what black men did in response to it because they did nothing. They laid down and they nested under the skirt of their non-black preferences and only to complain that whenever they commit a crime, they're not getting off like they did. So let's missed. find out. Dr. Umar, what have black men done? Well, number one, again, I think that it is such a shame coming from a psychological perspective that we seek to heal our wounds as a people by relying on unprofessional testimony by individuals who have a vendetta against the opposite gender in their community. When you hear Sister Cynthia speak, you can hear a hurt and a pain and a hatred towards Black men. We cannot find an effective solution to black male female relationship issues or the oppression of black men or black women when the people at the table having the conversation have uh, emotional 
negative emotional and pathological interest in the conversation that are not Umar, the question wasn't about my emotional state the question now, was here, what did black men do in response to their disenfranchisement yeah because because you're trying to pathologize my emotional state not that i'm a psychologist too but what you're not doing is telling us what black men i I believe he'll get there dr omar dr omar and i'll end it quickly sister tammy according to mrs cynthia g dr king was assassinated because he was doing nothing Malcolm X was assassinated because he was doing nothing. Mega Evers was assassinated because he was doing nothing. Fred Hampton was assassinated because he was doing nothing. That narrative that black men have done nothing to fight back against systemic oppression, not only against ourselves, but against our women, our children, our elders, and our community is absolutely ridiculous. The cemetery is filled with black men, names we know and names we don't know, who gave their life for the freedom, liberation, and emancipation of African people. How can you disrespect the history of so many black men past and present who continue to fight? I'm sitting in a school right now that we built with all black money, four buildings that we're gonna educate black men and it's not easy to solve our problems because there's always black people in your very same community who's fighting against what you're trying to do to help it. But in addition to that, the white power structure is is always waving its wand of oppression to try to sabotage anything we do. I think that the analysis of our women is too overly simplistic and in being such, it is dishonest. But you, you, they've done so much, you've only listed names and not accomplishments though. I can list some accomplishments. Okay, when it comes down to it, what have black men done since the 60s? We've turned around and we've gotten, we, we, we're still inventing things. We still open up businesses. Here in LA, you got black businesses all around town. It's just that when we open these businesses up, you have a city that these black businesses suddenly catch on fire. You have issues when it comes down to what's going on right now with one of my cousins and these abatement laws who's built plenty of properties here in LA managing it. But because there was some gang activity down the street, a nuisance abatement is about to get all of his properties taken. So when black men do build things and we build things on an individual basis, you're not going to see an NBC special about what the great black man built. When Irv Gotti, Suge Knight, and uh, J- Mark J. Prince tried to put together a, a, a distribution, they all got charges the next week. So it's not like we don't build things. When we do build things, something always ends up seem to happening. And in spite of that, in spite of that, you've seen the most black business male ownership that's, that's gone up in the last 60 years since the coronavirus. We still doing it. I personally got three businesses, so I don't know what you're talking about. I, embl- I employ young black men. I've helped thousands of black children here in South Central LA. So all this black men ain't doing nothing. Where are you kicking it at? So how are you? So how are black men creating all the businesses and still costing the government fifty billion years? I want to get. I want to get hope in here real quick, Dr. Umar. I want to get hope in here because Dr. Umar listed a plethora of black men uh, that we know, and I'm I'm assuming he listed the ones that we know so that we can identify and all agree that these black men have done something in terms of the fight for equality in America. How do you feel about those men that he listed? Hope have they done anything? for the black community or not? Most definitely, I would be ignorant to say that they haven't, right? But I think that what we're failing to realize is that when we have this conversation about what black men have done, the consequences are usually because of white supremacy and the the gaze of white folks on us are that the black men are then taking away and the black women have to then sustain those things. To say that black women are unappreciative of that, it would be I think that is the dishonesty, right? The way that Black women show up for the Black community and the Black families, regardless of how we feel about the Black men that we might be interacting with or the Black men that are doing bad things, while still staying here to cultivate the Black men who are, is, I I mean, to overlook that, to me, is just dishonest. The idea that y'all, a lot of you all were raised by Grandma them and and, and Auntie them and all of these amazing Black women that are in community and share space with you and, and share space with your children, that's being looked over. But also this isn't, Dr. Umar, you're right. I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that you said, but you're absolutely right. It's not about the idea of who's doing it better or trying to, the pissing match of the oppression Olympus amongst Black people, but it's really about working together. The problem is what I find in working together is that the Black man wants to lead, whether he's acquired the the, 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 the gumption and the knowledge to be able to do so appropriately and effectively or not. The thing about it is when you're working together, we are a team. You get to lead this portion because you're better at it. I get to lead 
leave that portion because I'm better at it. And then we come to a common ground for both of us to succeed. But a lot of the times when we're talking about these succession plans and we're making all of these advocacy movements in order to progress the Black family, the Black man says, listen to me or fail. Right. As if black women have nothing to contribute to that. And I think that that's where the problem is. That's where the discourse needs to happen is how do we work together so that black men understand that we are meant to work side by side and not with me following you with my head down and saying, yes, this is our master. Because that is me being subservient to you in a way that I might not want to do, especially considering if you do not have the credentials, the know how, the wherewithal or the lived experiences to lead me in a way that I might be better suited to do in this point of our journey. And Dr. black Omar. Well, first of all, I do not endorse any kind of a second class citizenship role for black women. I believe black women have as much to offer as do black men. So I'm not sure who the queen is referring to because I am not a misogynist and I do not support that type of narrative that said the black woman's position is only to have children and to prepare food. But at the same time, I think black women have to look at themselves because although white supremacy has been the greatest enemy of the progress of black men, you would also have to argue that black women have probably been the greatest accomplice to supporting the white power structure in their destruction of black males, i.e. the conversation we're having right now where two intelligent black women have yet to indict white supremacy for the role that they play in the destabilization of the lives of black men. So when we come back, we'll find out if the two beautiful sisters who are on the panel will indict white supremacy when we return on the business of being black with Tammy Mack on Fox Soul. Welcome back to Business of Being Black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack. And the business of being black today is black men. Has there been a war waged against our brothers? Well, please welcome author and activist Hope Chiselle, doctor of clinical psychology, Dr. Umar Johnson, radio personality and family advocate, Dewan Brown, influencer and YouTuber, Cynthia G. Well, thank you all for this conversation. Um, do black men in America face more obstacles than black men in other countries? We're gonna talk about that, but first I wanna know, is white supremacy responsible for any of the black man's plight at all? Hope? Most, de- most definitely, like let's let's not play coy here. We understand the, the role that white supremacy has played. But I think that over time, as we learn the tricks of white supremacy, right, we learn to do better to defeat it. And I find that, especially as black men, a lot of the time when we're talking about this war on black men, we fail to realize that black women are underneath the same scrutinies. Maybe not in the same way and maybe not for the same reasons, but y'all are not going through this alone. And so when you talk about the ways in which black women have learned to take, you know, what we're given and turn it into glitter and throw it up and make black girl magic. We wonder why those things are not happening for black men in the same way. And it's largely because I think that complacency happens. A lot of black men, not all, are complacent with the idea of being saved by everyone other than themselves. They're okay with the idea of being saved by black women, white women, women of all other races. They're okay with the idea of being saved by white men who give them the opportunity to come and be a part of this thing that's better than what they are. But what they're not doing is being complacent in the idea of finding their own solutions to digging their way out of the whole and having one or two people that are speaking on it with the idea of inclusion or exclusion of certain people within the black community is also a problem. We cannot build as a black community if we want to throw out this group of people or throw out that group of people or tell these people that their opinions are invalid, even though they're black because they're mixed race or because they're queer or because of all these other, you know, incidences. And I think that those are the things that we have to focus on. The goalposts can't constantly be moved in this conversation whenever black women start to make a point for the sake of black men feeling like they need to be able to dismantle that in order to talk about how they've been hurt. We get that. We have to. White supremacy, does it exist in your world? And has it affected Black men? Absolutely, it exists. And Black men have worked in tandem with white supremacy since they've become in contact with it. And this is why I say in the Black community, we have very disingenuous, very dishonest discussions, especially when when it's regarding Black men, because we do have a Black male worshiping culture. So what we do within that culture, and Umar Johnson is showing it today, is absolve Black men from any accountability for what they've done. Number one, we wouldn't be in a system of white supremacy had it not been for Black men. So if you want to go all the way back to history, then let's go back to history when black men were selling their own people into white supremacy. Let's go back into history when 16 years off the plantation, black men were worried about a a war being waged on them. They were worried about getting access to to white women. That's what you were worried about. And it's interesting 
there's a reason why I feel like Umar focused mostly on me and Hope's attitudes, and it's because he can't accurately answer the question. He mentioned names, not accomplishments. And the reason being is because- well, I think Umar he mentioned those names specifically because those the, the accomplishments of those people don't have to be explained. Right, but those accomplishments are also accomplishments that I've heard Umar Johnson speak negatively about, specifically the civil rights movement and how damaging it was to Black people. But now he wants to sit here and say the very people who accomplished that were accomplishing something beneficial when, in his own opinion, that wasn't beneficial and did more harm to the community than good. So I think that because we're having such a dishonest discussion where Black men don't know, don't want to take accountability for what they've done, they want to be the victims of society, but then they want submission from the women. The bottom line is I'm not willing to deflect from the fact that number one, Black men are the greatest non-white contributors to white supremacy. Let's just be real. White supremacy couldn't even exist without Black men's compliance. They're always uplifting whiteness, biracial children, and trying to assimilate. And that's why I went back to the notion of the only time Black men truly feel like there's a war against them is when they feel like they're, they're being punished for something white men do. At the end of the day, y'all drop the ball. You're blaming white supremacy on your failures. We already know there's oppression, but Black women are double oppressed. We have more barriers to face. You have male privilege in a patriarchal system, and you can't even get it right. Well, I, uh, Dr. Umar, I think Dr. Umar, Dr. Umar, I think we all know your stance on interracial marriages. Absolutely, so, but let me also so, so please this. acknowledge what the rest of what uh, Cynthia G has said. Absolutely, I'm not sure where Sister Cynthia took history class, but if you know anything about the transatlantic slave trade, the transatlantic slave trade was a European enterprise. It was I'm not talking an about the sub-Saharan. I'm talking about the sub-Saharan slave trade. You should go look me, into it. Excuse me. Excuse well, me. You you address me. May Omar. I finish? Go look into May the sub-Saharan slave trade where black May men are trading their women and children for alcohol and tobacco. May I finish? May I go ahead, Doctor Omar. The transatlantic slave trade was a European enterprise. It was not an African enterprise, although there were some chiefs who participated in it. By no means did they control the direction and extension of the transatlantic slave trade. So that's number one. Number two, black men resisted enslavement, not only on the shores of Africa, but right here in America. We celebrate Nat Turner, Denmark Vesey, Gabriel Prosser. There's literally hundreds of documented attempts by African men to liberate not only themselves, but their women and their children. So to act like we just sat there and were complicit in our own oppression is absolutely ridiculous. The other point I want to clarify for your information, Cynthia. G, you never ever heard me condemn the civil rights movement. The good Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. is a hero of mine. And despite me being a pan-African nationalist, I take issue with other black nationalists who do want to dismiss Dr. King's accomplishment. The civil rights movement was necessary because it removed a psychological scar that suggested of racial inferiority. So you've never heard me deride the civil rights movement. I support it, although I took certain issues with it. The bottom line is when black women, black girls, black boys listen to this conversation we're having today, they're going to be confused because they hear two brothers speaking of a greater context to the problems that affect black men. And you hear two intelligent, beautiful black women who want to keep scapegoating black men while ignoring the historical and contemporary systemic challenges that are constantly placed in our way. I'm going to say this and be quiet, Sister Tammy. I got to give you this. There was a recent piece of research, Tammy, that came out. And the research said a black man with a master's degree, they did a study. They had white males who had come out of prison apply for jobs. They had black men with master's degree, Sister Tammy, apply for the jobs. And guess what? The white males with prison history and no education were called back more than 75% of the time than black men with no prison history and a master's degree. I'm aware of that. White I, I am aware of that, of, of that survey. Yeah. I am. Uh, Hope, uh, I saw you give Dr. Umar the side eye. 
It's only because <laughs> I can't, you have a thousand and one clips on the internet, but I know for a fact that one of the things that I was offended about in, in doing research or just seeing you on the internet is that you have definitely uh, talked about your disdain for some of the practices of Dr. Martin Luther King. So to sit here and gaslight us as if most of us have not That's seen- That's not true. Find a clip. Uh, Find, no, clip. No Find I mean, the clip. Problem. Well, Find Dr. Omar, you yourself Find said you had you you yourself yeah. just just seconds ago said you did find some things in the civil some, rights some movement things, problematic. But I supported the movement, and I still support it. I visit oh, everyone supported every time I'm in Atlanta. Uh, I Nobody, think, I, I I have I, never been as a black man, of a, no, as a black person. In if America, we're going to have the conversation, let us be honest. Let's let, not I mean, misrepresent. You're the only one not being honest, Omar. You're not being honest. If find the clip. Find we don't have clip. to argue about the it. We don't, we don't have to argue about it. Find you just admitted to it. We don't need it. Six seconds left on the seconds left on this segment. We won't be able to find the clip on this show. But hope finish. Hope. Essentially, whether we find the clip or not, we know that those things have been said, and you know that you've said controversial things. Once again, we see you moving the goalpost when you find controversial. According to who? We find, once again, because my thing is you and Cynthia can have that dynamic, but I give you the space to speak. I've given everybody the space to speak, so please don't interrupt me. At the end of the day, I You think interrupted me as well. Let's be fair. I, I did not. Yes, you did. And so once again, here we go in a space where Black women are making a point. It's more important to the it's Black It's not about you being a woman. It was about you being incorrect. When it has black nothing to do with you being a woman. Incorrect. I respect it's you. You were incorrect. You were incorrect. I was. Yeah. I didn't have the issue and with a woman. You were incorrect. Well, let's all let's all breathe in, breathe out, and I'll right. take a commercial break. Right? We'll, right. we'll take untold. a commercial break. He's not right to wrap this up on the business of being and black. They hate Tammy black Mac. men. That's the problem. They hate. Welcome back to business of being black with Tammy Mack. I am Tammy Mack, and the business of being black today is: is there a war? being raged or waged against black men. Uh, Dr. Umar is getting it a little bit because he says the ladies are lying on him. And I suggest that you uh, run through and roll through every interview and clip that Dr. Umar has to find the clip, as he would say. Um, I do. One thing I, I, I agree with you on, Dr. Umar, is a lot of times we st when we have these conversations, um, we start comparing black women to black men and and we tear one down in order to make the other's point. And oftentimes when I have these debates on the business of being black, I notice that that is often the debate to break the other person down rather than build them up. But I do want to do some comparative questioning right here. Do black men face more obstacles than black women? Dwan. I don't want to put it in a more or less. We face different obstacles, but at the end of the day, this is what we can say is true. Black women have a safety net that black men don't have. If a black man loses his job, like earlier, what they're talking about earlier, black men have no accountability. Well, if a black man don't pay child support, he gets his license taken away, he gets his passport taken away, and he can't get a job. So there's accountability there. When it comes down to when a black man messes up, he's going to go to prison far longer than anyone of any other race or any other sex. So we have the most extreme consequences, but when it comes to a safety net for when we mess up, when we're down in our life, there are no programs for black men. You, know, you can't go through the government and, and say, hey, if the black men with children hear this list of programs that only men can get, but it's a whole lot of stuff out there for women. So what's happening, what I'm seeing right here is a lot of lies being told, but a lies of omission, omitting these safety, uh, the fact that women have these safety nets that black men don't have. And also omitting the fact that in spite of all this, three out of four black men still get married to black women and we still provide and we still do these things. So, but yes, Dewan, what, but Dewan, what Cynthia would say is, how come you haven't created your own programs? Well, I personally created my own program. I've written two books. You know what I mean? But that's I, not a program. No, I know. Also, also have a whole program on how to communicate to it, to your children and how to communicate to families. Because my thing is about solutions. Well, you're about talking about safety nets. So the question becomes, how come black men haven't created safety nets? Black men, the Nation of Islam created what they can create as far as safety nets goes. Black independent organizations create safety nets for each other all the time. I'm talking about governmental safety nets. We can't go to the United States and say, hey, we need something only for black men because it doesn't exist. 
There's a whole well. There's a whole welfare program coming out in Atlanta that's only for black women. Same thing in California. There's a whole universal basic income that only black women can qualify for. Black men can't. But get- but, but do do you believe that that's because black women uh, <laughs> came no, together I, and said we no. need a program? No, it, 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 the reason why that happens is because the white supremacist plays on this schism within black society and they give one side greater gifts than the other and that can lead to infighting and then people who don't analyze what's really going on, they're going to just see the result and not see the cause and say, what's wrong with black people? That's the government's tricks going on like it's always done. Let's elevate one group over the other and watch these two rascals fight each other. That's what's going on. Okay, I'm not sure that anything governmental is a gift, though, but hope. (laughs) (laughs) I think that when we talk about it, a lot of those programs, especially the ones from back in the day, since we are going to do the history thing, were not just made for black women, but black women accessed them because black women were the ones that were in the household that had to take care of whatever was left when the government did steal our black men away or when black men did fall into the hands of white supremacy. But I also think that the question now is if you don't see that those things are happening, if we don't, or if we're not seeing those things in influx, then what are the greater black male population doing to enforce that these things happen? When, when women want things, especially when black women want things, we get up, we say something, we talk about it, and we're going to talk about it until we're blue in the face and until we get those things done. A lot of the times what I find is that black men think that they can ride off of those things. And then when things come to pass and they're not put into the, the game plan, then you're upset. Then it's like, oh, well, we thought we were going to, why? You did none of the work. You sat behind me and you watched me rally and you watched me do all of these things. And then you thought that you were gonna benefit from it. And I'm sorry that I left you off, but honestly, when I was doing this work, it was hard to consider you considering that I have to take care of you regardless in a lot of those spaces. But I also think that hit dogs will holler. If these things do not apply to you, then let's talk about how you help them to apply to the people that they do and pull those brothers out of the struggle instead of trying to defend something that does not apply to you. If it don't apply, let it fly and let's figure out how to pull everybody into that fold instead of defending a narrative that you don't even conform to. Why are you so upset? When I always hear like, when Dwan, when you were talking about the the government subsidies that black women have, it always makes me think about the movie Claudine with Diane Carroll and James Earl Jones, mm-hmm. um, and you know him being the trash man and having to hide him in the closet yeah. when the, when the mm-hmm. people came. Um, so I do believe that it definitely was a setup for a letdown in the black community, Doctor Umar. Yes, quick. indeed. Mm-hmm. One of the problems with the conversation, not with you, Tammy, but the responses, they're so individualized. Nothing is being evaluated from a group perspective or a community perspective or a systems perspective or an institutional perspective. The bottom line is anything black men want to do to liberate ourselves or our community, we can't do it without our women. And anything our women want to do to liberate themselves or the community, they can't do it without the men. It is not a competition. It should be a collaboration. But once again, some of us in the conversation are so filled with hatred for the opposite gender that we can never get around to talking about solutions. And in speaking of clips, Sister Tammy, there is one clip you might want to ask Sister Cynthia about because it was sent to me by about 30 people several months ago, maybe even weeks, where she suggested that women, black women, should abort their black male fetuses because after birth, they would not contribute to anything worthwhile in the black community. Could you ask her to clarify her comments? I would love to. Well, I would love to, too, but we don't have time. So, Dr. Umar, what I need you to do is uh, tell us uh, what you're working on so we can be a part of it. Yes, indeed. This Saturday will be the second annual Frederick Douglass Marcus Garvey RBG Family Festival right here at 601 E 17th Street, Wilmington, Delaware. All free. Come out. We are looking forward to seeing everybody. Go to fdmgfestival.com to register for the free event. And please register for my new online video platform, www.drumar.tv. That's www.drumar.tv. Dr. Umar.tv and parents who need help with their children, special education, ADHD, psychiatric medication, IEP, autism, learning disability, reach out to me, 215-989-9858. Dewan, please tell us about your book, Tell It Like It Is. Tell it like it is, the art of loving communication. We can talk all day about bringing the black family together, but we're not going to have the black family together until the black family know how to talk to each other. And I'm where some- can we get the book? On Amazon? We can get it on my website, breakthroughas.org. 
And Got it. Hope, please talk to me. Talk to me, sis. <laughs> uh, so right now I have my book, Until I Met Black Men, available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. But also I want to bring attention back to Brittany Griner. She is still out there and we have Black Feminist Future that you can follow on all platforms, including Instagram, that are helping to make sure that our sister gets home because that's a, a huge thing right now that we're not talking about and that we're not discussing in the same way that we discuss when Black men are going through some of the same things. Now, because this show is about the war waged against black men, until I met black men, is that a good thing? It's a great thing. Uh, it talks <laughs> a lot. What a lot of people thought the book was going to be was a read towards all the black men that I've met in my life. But what it really but is. But it is not. Right? It is not. All right. It's Cynthia not. G, tell me about the content of your YouTube channel. Well, if, if anyone really wants to know about why selective breeding will be the best thing for our community, then they can come to my channel where I explain that as I also talk about the dynamic between Black men and Black women and Black women's need to have standards, expectations, and boundaries when dealing, especially with Black men, but any, any man in general, and open up your options too. Put you first. Stop thinking about Black men. Okay. And I, I, I'm going to be thinking about my black man, man uh, Cynthia, because uh, homie is all of that and then some. So I'm thinking right now, that matter of fact, this show is over because I'm about to go think up on something. I can't join you man. in that one. We'll Why that is kept, so am I, but That's I still business. feel how I feel. The future. So cool, right? All of those amazing new innovations that are going to make life even better. Like, okay, wouldn't it be great if your car could change color to match your mood? Oh, wait, no, to match your outfit. Ooh, I think I would like that. Buick is thinking about the future every day. A future built around you with super smart Buick EVs that can make your life even better. And soothing spa-like interiors that can leave you feeling relaxed and refreshed. Wait, is that eucalyptus? Oh, believe me, the future smells incredible. And it's all out there waiting. So let's go to the future together. Want to go? Join us at Buick.com slash future. The Camp Monsters podcast from REI Co-op Studios is back with a new season telling the tales of terrifying encounters with mysterious beasts of America. Hear about the creatures that wander the woods and lurk in the water, the ones that fly through the air or even prowl around a backyard like yours. We search the country for camp monsters. All you have to do is search for Camp Monsters from REI Co-op Studios wherever you listen to podcasts.